Hello, and welcome to this very special edition of Joy Sounds, music you need to know. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. This episode is part one of a two-part episode where we'll be featuring some of the graduating seniors from the class of 2020 USC Thornton School of Music Popular Music Program. During the show, we'll get to talk with and hear music from this remarkably talented group of artists, including Jack Ingram, Tahila Alfonso, Mason Summit, Jared Savetz, and Kate Gron. After four years of dedication and hard work, they are all ready to take their next steps as professional musicians. We'll also get a chance to hear from Patrice Russian, chair of the Popular Music Program. We're so glad you can be with us to help celebrate these graduates. So let's get started. The first graduating senior that we'll feature is Jack Ingram, who you can find on Spotify under the name Jay Ingram. Jack is a pop artist, songwriter, and producer whose style ranges from mainstream pop, synth pop, to synth wave electronic. His music would resonate with fans of Love, Jeremy Zucker, Tame Impala, and the 1975. Let's welcome to Joy Sounds, Jack Ingram. Hi, Jack. Hey, thanks, Chris. Where are we finding you? Where are you at now? I am here in my hometown of Kansas City. You do have some exciting news in that you did use this time to release a single, right? Yeah, I finally got out of my own way a little bit. Yes. Put a song out, so I'm stoked about it. It's available everywhere. It's called Is It You? It's a nice synth pop with kind of modern pop vocal production and you know it's got some 80s inspired guitars in it just kind of a fun dancey track that people can bop their heads to and it's got a little bit of personal narrative of my kind of relationship life in it but hopefully you can find yourself in it a little bit so yeah i think during this time we could all use just a bit of a bop right that was that was the mentality you know (laughs) that's fantastic man and did you write and produce it all yourself yes i did all the songwriting myself and then as i got into the end of production i had cole mitchell uh, working on the vocal production and mastering with me. Oh, nice. So you teamed up with another Thornton Pop student to get this over the goal line for you. Exactly. What's been great about working with you over the past four years is to have watched you evolve from sort of this pure songwriter into taking this leadership role as producer as well. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a pretty do-it-yourself kind of guy. So I kind of was just like, I want to take the reins on my music production as well as like, I, w- I have these songs that I like and I want to take them into more than just iPhone demos. And yeah, I want to have them be able to be accessible to people. You know, I, I kind of just want to be able to do the entire process. I mean, I think they just go so hand in hand these days that a lot of the creative things in the song comes through the production and is at least able to shine more through the production. You know, I may not be like, the craziest producer at SC. There's lots of other people that are amazing at this, but I want to at least have my songs represented with my production ideas kind of integrated. Where would be sort of the ideal environment that you think you'd thrive in uh, once you're outside of school? There's kind of like two avenues that I want to be working on simultaneously. And one of them is um, my artist career and working on songs that are strictly for myself. And doesn't mean I can't have other people involved because I need other people to bounce ideas off of and work with. Um, but it's really something that I can kind of just do me, and you know, do some more of um, what I did with this song, Is It You? And then the other is kind of just working on my pitchable song repertoire. That's like, this is mainstream pop songs and working on my pop writing. And that, I mean, that's ultimately where I want to be thriving in is just writing mainstream pop and writing stuff that people like. And, you know, I don't know if, whether that's giving songs to people or um, doing stuff more in the licensing field of things. And this is the new single from USC senior Jack Ingram called Is It You? 
talking we both get high I'm feeling a lot of pressure Cause you're the pain and the pleasure I just don't wanna regret ya I'm asking myself the questions That keep me up second guessing I'm losing sleep Is it you, is it me Is it something in between Between us now and us then I don't think that we'll ever be just friends Is it you, is it me, is it something in between? Sounds great, Jack. Is there anybody out there you'd like to acknowledge and thank? Yeah, I mean, Cole, thanks for blessing this track with your amazing vocal production and mastering abilities. And, you know, all my friends, Haley Perkins, who I think she's on the show, she listened to it and gave me comments. And my friend Brooks Brown, who I uh, am friends with from home, uh, he gave me some mixed feedback and all that stuff. Thanks for being on Joy Sounds, Jack. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you having me. And that was graduating senior Jack Ingram. The next artist to be featured from the 2020 graduating class of the USC Thornton Pop Program is Tehila Alfonso. New Jersey-born and Nebraska-raised, Tehila is a 21-year-old singer-songwriter, pianist, arranger, music director, and session musician. Welcome to Joy Sounds, Tehila. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So where are we catching you? What part of the country are you calling in from? I am back in my hometown of Omaha, Nebraska right now. If you were to look back on your four years in the popular music program, is there anything that stands out as a highlight, maybe a transformative moment for you? Something that I keep coming back to is last year during my junior year, I got to be the background vocal director for Patrice, Patrice Russian, for the USC Trustees Conference. We did Enretha Franklin medley a tribute to Aretha Franklin and it was easily probably the best performance I've been a part of that's been USC related I 
was again, I was fortunate enough to have arranged and led the background vocal section. And um, also just Patrice is an incredible leader and music director and being under her direction in any capacity is always such an incredible opportunity. And I learned just so much about what I wanted to do career-wise and what I wanted to do musically. And yeah, it just set up the path for a wow. lot. That I so yeah, that does sound like a landmark moment for you because that's a lot of responsibility. Did you feel that responsibility during that time to be in charge of the background vocals? Definitely, yeah. Because such a time crunch that was on it. I think yep. she came to me with the opportunity right as spring break was starting that semester and all the music had to be arranged and done and sent out to all the players the week that we got back. And so we had a week, she had a week to arrange the entire medley. Yep. And I had to try to arrange all the background vocals to send to her in just a few days. And then actually getting the time to rehearse with all the <laughs> vocalists yeah. and just make sure that the things on paper sounded as good with voices. It was a huge responsibility, but I'm just incredibly grateful that it paid off in the way that I did. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty intense process, right? That it happens, it has to happen so fast, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it was that experience that maybe gave you some insight as to the path that you might want to go towards in a career, right? Yes, absolutely. That was the first I think that made me realize that session work was basically what that event was. There's a lot of jam-packed work in a really short amount of time. It was funny because that same semester I was taking private instruction with Sean Holt and he also was like, here are how sessions kind of work. And so he was helping me put together a vocal reel in that time. And then this opportunity for the Aretha Franklin tribute also came up, which is a lot of a lot of information about the session community that I had no idea existed prior to that semester. And from that performance, I just knew that that was what I wanted to do. And as a result, you've put together a session reel and you have started to get introduced into the professional L.A. community doing some session work, haven't you? I have. Yes. I'm so, so incredibly grateful for it. I was just so surprised about how quickly everything came about. I think I was under the impression that to get a start, get a jump start in that kind of community that it would take years on years and years of just emails and trying to get doors open. Surprisingly, I just sent an email and Sean and a couple other mentors that I had in high school sent my vocal reel to a couple of vocal contractors in LA and literally within a month, I just started getting a few jobs here and there from those same local contractors who have done these incredibly huge projects like Frozen and Lion King and all these yeah. crazy things I'd heard about. But then I realized I was a lot more prepared than I expected to be, that I was expected myself to be in these situations just because pop had prepared me so well and learning three songs a week in less than a week and having to nail all the little details in a rehearsal and all of those little things. And so when I got to do my first real professional film session for this one animated movie, it was just sight reading and having to listen to listen to a song basically once, listen to our parts once and be able to nail it once the producer pressed record. And it was such an informative experience and just made me realize how I knew more than I thought I did going into it, which is always a good thing to know. Absolutely. Um, it sure beats the opposite, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> you don't want to be in that situation and go, oh man, I wish I would have learned that in school, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I was the youngest person in the room too at that session. Everyone else had been working for at least five, 10 years or more. And so I was just on edge the entire time, hoping that I wasn't the one to mess things wow. up. Wow. Well, congratulations on stepping up in that situation. But you also have been writing and recording some of your own music. And the track we're going to hear today 
is Don't Let Me Know. Tell me about this. Yes. Okay. So funny enough, that song actually came about because of your songwriting class. No way. <laughs> yes. Um, junior year, second semester, junior year was just an interesting time in my life in general, because I was writing a lot more um, just to get that that muscle exercise more. There was a recent heartbreak under my belt. And so it was just all the circumstances were there. And so that song just kind of came about and I ended up liking it a lot more than I like most of the songs that I do. And after the song was written and after I performed it a few times, I really wanted to take that next step and um, get it produced and get it mixed and mastered and actually put out and released into the world. Cause I just, it was a really important song to me. And I just, I don't know if I felt the, Wanted to hear it. Wanted other people to hear it. This is Tequila Alfonso and her original song, Don't Let Me Know.
Great song, Tahila. Is there anybody you'd like to thank? Oh man, I feel like there's so many people. <laughs> um, obviously, my parents um, for believing in me to move halfway across the country and study music when they are financial consultants and nurses and do the practical jobs, yeah. and so, so letting me take that leap. Obviously, like all of the pop faculty, Patrice, Sean, you, Jeffrey, all of the all of you guys were just consistently constantly believing in me and when I definitely did not believe in myself at multiple times in the last four years and just convincing me that I can do it and that I can be successful if I put the work in. Congratulations on your graduation, Tahila. The USC Thornton Popular Music Program is under the extraordinary leadership of Patrice Russian, who serves as chair of the program. Let's hear what she has to say about the program and about this graduating class. Welcome, Patrice. It's so nice to have you on Joy Sounds. Thank you. Great to be here, Chris. So tell me a little bit about the program. This program started sort of as a response to what seemed to be a growing trend with students who really love music, really were thinking in terms of the possibilities of having a professional career, but were not willing to commit totally to checking the only boxes at that time that existed which were in classical music or in jazz studies, and who felt that while they loved those musics and could appreciate them, they wanted access to the popular music palette as songwriters, as players, as touring musicians, as studio musicians, etc. But there was no place to really get that information. Looking for a way to be able to take advantage of the great education that they could get, the location of being in Los Angeles, where so much is based upon being versatile, and having these combined interests equal a career. Mm -hmm. And so the Properly Music Store program started 10 years ago. This is a landmark year for the program. And we've definitely seen its power in terms of, first of all, bringing together a great uh, faculty, and then seeing the students now take this wide knowledge that is given to them by practitioners of this particular aspect uh, of the music. And it has really, really uh, taken off and we're very proud of it, and I'm very proud of our students, and uh, we continue to keep it going. Have you found in your experience that training and teaching musicians who want to be in the popular music field, have you found that to be different than a student that you might teach in the jazz or classical field? It is a little different. It is a little different. Typically, kids who come into the popular music program and decide that they you know, want to make the commitment to doing the, the coursework to be a professional have not had that kind of training or at exposure that 
to music and the music work ethic, how you get there. Right. Uh, like somebody that may be coming from classical music and maybe started playing when they were five or six years old. Mm -hmm. Very, very common, for example, for somebody to not really make a commitment to music until they're in high school. In other areas of music study, that would almost sound late. Right. But we find that that's kind of the, uh, that's average, you know, for students who, who just love the music, who have played in bands in, in their garage yeah, or yeah. little groups or something like that and just want an opportunity to, to study this music. Now there's a place for them to do it. And our training of them involves definitely not sacrificing any of what the music training tradition has offered, but it has also made us reevaluate and reimagine how we get to those goals, but do it with a lens that focuses on the kinds of things one really needs to know to be a professional, the kinds of knowledge that puts popular music in a perspective that people would not just see it as a train you just jump on, but understand that there is a history and there is a trajectory and a lineage of which they take part. And then the biggest takeaway, I think, is something that we kind of replaced. The tradition of music study has involved a lot of competition, mm. competition mm -hmm. for a spot, competition for a chair, competition for uh, work. And in the education model of that, uh, sometimes it doesn't allow for the students to see their power as a network to begin to work with one another, to begin to, to help one another, to begin to feel confident enough to sometimes not succeed in front of each other get built up to be able to then finally succeed. So the idea of replacing competition with community mm. has also been a major takeaway and I think a big part of the program of success. Uh, what makes this class so special? I think one of the things about this 2020 class is they gravitate, gravitated towards each other relatively quickly in the program. Even as, even as freshmen, they got tight. And they got tight enough to be able to continue to trust each other all through their matriculation through the program. I think that that's really paying off, especially at this time where they really, you know, have had the rug taken out from uh, mm. from under them mm -hmm. and having to kind of rally and come together and have people that they can commiserate with. But, of course, also figure out ways to be able to get their thing off the ground and perhaps begin slowly to see the glass half full instead of half empty. Yeah. Uh, because they're on, they've got one foot out the door. They're on their way to their new careers and they have each other. So that's one thing that I see their closeness. The other thing is that they're immensely talented. I mean, every class has amazing, talented people in it, but this class, you've got a plethora of talent and those that all have a common uh, language and yet have used their collaborative activities to find themselves as individuals. So I think what we're going to find and what we're going to see is they'll all do things on a very high level. They all have that potential and they'll do it in different ways and with different kinds of music. And that's really exciting. The ability to allow for that individualized form of expression and development has also led to this diversity of styles that we're, we're actually presenting on today's show. Would you consider that a hallmark of the program? I definitely consider that a hallmark of the program, especially given that they have all been given a vocabulary and they have all been given musical fundamentals, musical knowledge, a certain level of uh, rigor in terms of what's required out there in terms of an expert, musical expertise. Mm -hmm. And just as people learning to be part of groups, learning to understand what it means to have to take a big idea, break it down into smaller bites and execute it 
through their activities through the school has given them some added value to the music education that allows for them to go ahead and step out on that ledge to start to find your individual voice and make your form of expression because it stands on such strong foundational material that hopefully it takes some of at least the musical concern and musical fear out of the way. The individuals in the class are finding different roles. So I'm seeing that some are finding a niche as songwriters, as producers, as artists, as side people, even as music directors. And it's really interesting to see how they sort of create their pathway within the class, isn't it? It is. It's really beautiful to see that they find out that their expression can take on many different looks. It doesn't always have to be the one that's out front, that that even doesn't even happen without other people who are behind and that there's art, artistic value and merit and, the, and, and creativity in each one of those aspects. So to see them, you know, embrace that and to branch off into some of those uh, other areas is awesome. That was Patrice Russian, chair of the popular music program at the USC Thornton School of Music. Thank you so much, Patrice. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Now let's get back to hearing from some of the seniors of the 2020 graduating class. Next up is Mason Summit, a singer, songwriter, producer, and multi-instrumentalist born and raised in Los Angeles. You can check out his most recent single, Negative Space, which was released on March 20th. It's great to have you on Joy Sounds, Mason. Hi, thank you for having me, Chris. Man, it's great to have you. And I'm really excited that we're catching you at this time because you have an absolutely gorgeous record that is ready to be released, but you're in singles mode now, right? You're releasing yep. a number of singles. But tell me a little bit about this record, because I know you poured your heart and soul literally into this record. Yeah, you've been there for kind of the whole process of it. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely, I feel like it's my most involved release. Definitely the, the proudest thing I've ever done or been a part of. So for the past few months... I've been doing a single pretty much every month. There was a conscious effort on my part to be a little more spontaneous this time around in terms of production. And I feel like on a few of my older releases, there's points where it it becomes a little too much stylistically of an homage to some things. And I feel like this one is a point where I'm happy with uh, the sound that I kind of came up with from uh, various influences and put them together into something that's maybe a little less obvious mm-hmm. and a little more original this time. Yeah, I mean, we recorded a bunch of the tracks, two of the singles at Alex Bloom's studio, who's another Thornton person. And he's obviously a, a Beatles freak as well. So yeah. it was very easy to get the Beatles sounds when you're using like his Neumanns and, and Ludwig <laughs> kit and everything. Uh, that was the trick. People who really shared my frame of reference. I think, you know, the, the mix, uh, my friend who mixed it, everything, they knew what I was going for and we had a shared kind of aesthetic. So what singles are out there so that we can check them out? I put one out in January called Around January because I felt like I had to put it out in January. Had to. In uh, February, I put out a song for Valentine's Day for all the lonely hearts called Doomed from the Start. And that song has a music video that came out the following month, which was last month. That's kind of a a slasher, kind of an 80s slasher, (laughs) uh, John Carpenter homage. And uh, then just last month, I put out Negative Space, which is the title track from 
the actual record. And Negative Space is the song that you shared with us for today's episode too. So we're going to hear that yes. just a little bit. So during this time of stay-at-home orders and this very, you know, this unprecedented time, I've been really inspired by a lot of the musicians who are sharing their art and their communication online through live streams. And you've been doing a little bit of that, but you've also got a really uh, significant event that's coming up. You want to tell me about that? This just kind of came out of the blue. I'm going to be participating in a live stream for March for Our Lives California, the uh, gun control advocacy group, youth group. Uh, it's going to be on Zoom on the 1st of May, which is a Friday, I believe. I've been looking for ways to connect you know, my, my other interests and convictions with my music, and I've definitely released songs that have a kind of social awareness or a political bent but this just kind of came to me and it's something i'm really excited to be a part of this is mason summit with his latest single and title track from his upcoming album negative space friend i've seen that look before it just gets worse the more you try to ignore
Thanks so much, Mason. It sounds great. Is there anybody you'd like to acknowledge? Well, a lot of these songs came about, uh, a lot of the songs on the upcoming record came about in Sean Holt's songwriting class. Outstanding. Uh, and a lot of them, like around January, for example, were in response specifically to uh, his prompts. And so a lot of them really would not have come about. I don't think they would have occurred to me without Sean Holt's guidance and feedback. That class in my sophomore year was had a huge impact on me and my artistry. And I'm really grateful for that experience. Talk to you soon, Mason. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, Mason. In addition to graduating vocalists, songwriters, and producers, the Popular Music Program has also produced a significant number of sideman instrumentalists over the years who have toured internationally with some of the biggest names in music and performed in some of the world's iconic venues. Also, graduates regularly appear on television shows, such as Saturday Night Live, The Tonight Show, and Good Morning America. A member of the 2020 graduating class who seems to be well on his way on this path is drummer Jared Savetz. Welcome to the show, Jared. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Chris. Yeah, man. Nice to talk to you. And where are you uh, riding out this quarantine? I am currently in Walnut Creek here, sheltering in place with my parents up in the Bay Area. Think back on the past four years of being a drum major in the popular music program at USC. Was there was there any highlights that that stood out for you? It's definitely all the, the showcases were a blast. I'll remember those. But it's mainly just like the experience put together, like kind of forming a family there, connections, people that I'll be talking to for the rest of my life. Yeah. And just building a foundation really to get into music, just all in all a great experience. You also had the experience of getting a chance to study with the first drum instructor from the popular music program in Dugu Chancellor. Is that correct? That is correct. So yes. may you rest in peace, but we never miss a chance to sort of give a shout out tribute to uh, Mr. Ndugu Chancellor. Yeah, he was uh, so much more than just a drum teacher. Like I think of him as like a life coach, almost like right. instilling a work ethic that has stuck with me and helped me get through college. And he's just like, although he's very strict, but it's like all out of love and support. And he's always there for you. It was just a really great experience for me. During your time, not only have you played with your classmates and made yourself available to their bands, but you've been a drummer for a lot of artists. Who have you been working for lately? Uh, lately I'm working for a couple different artists. Uh, my main one is Eluj. That's E-L-U-J-A-Y on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, R&B, Neo Soul stuff, and just uh, releasing EPs and going on tour as much as we can. And then there's a Holy Grey as well. We're... H-O-L-Y-G-R-E. She's on Instagram and we're working on putting out an album right now, which has kind of been delayed from the whole pandemic thing. Sure. But we're hoping to get back in the studio as soon as possible. Building from here, what what does that look like for you? Do you have particular interest in the touring world, in the session world, or do you just kind of want to combine all of it together? Uh, it'd be great to combine all of it. Honestly, uh, touring is definitely, from my experience so far, like the, the funnest thing I can do. And definitely while I'm young, I want to be on the road as much as possible possible absolutely but i will take anything session work too with uh, eluj we've been on three different tours both as openers and starters just all around the u.s and we were actually gonna go to some festival in jakarta this summer is there anybody who you would particularly like to give a shout out to and thank who have maybe supported you through your degree program definitely you yourself no, for making this possible and the whole program possible my teacher will kennedy as we already acknowledged in dugu patrice definitely 
was a huge part of the pop grow program and helping me adjust freshman year. And yeah, just the whole USC community out there. Just great, loving family, the whole pop family. Jared, we wish you nothing but all the best moving forward. Congratulations on your graduation, man. Thank you, Chris. Up next from the graduating class of 2020 is vocalist and songwriter Kate Gron. When you put together a dash of rebellion, a hint of soul, and a spark of feminism, you get L.A.-born Kate Gron. Welcome to Joy Sounds, Kate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Congratulations on your graduation. Thank you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that this is unfortunate circumstances, but it shouldn't diminish your accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I got my sash in the mail, so sometimes around the house, I've just been wearing it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> As I've seen you perform over the years, a lot of iconic women rockers come to mind. Ann Wilson from Heart, Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac, even a little bit of Joan Jett. Where did this sort of rock side of you emerge? Well, it's funny because I actually grew up with a lot of musical theater. And a lot of times when people hear me sing, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, I grew up with a lot of musical theater and... There are a lot of embarrassing home videos of me prancing around singing Bye Bye Birdie. And, we got, we and got to get belting. those. We have to get those. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was singing I was singing Rent in the car seat and I was saying words that were very inappropriate. Nice. And my mom were just like, she's, she's singing. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah. And then in, in junior high, I joined um, a rock band with actually Logan McQuaid was one of them. I've known Another him for classmate. So yeah. A classmate. Great. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I joined with like, three three boys and I was the only girl and I was the tallest out of all of them at the time um because it was you know pre-puberty yeah right yeah they they I kind of was just introduced to Led Zeppelin Green Day everything like Black Sabbath and I found that the transition from musical theater to rock wasn't really that different there's a lot of drama in rock music yes even though you know, there, there's that that belt, that growl. You know what yes, I mean? There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of emotion in both of them, and especially in a lot of musical theater right now because it's more contemporary. Apparently, a lot of audition songs are actually they're asking for people to sing rock music. Is that something that you think you might want to get back into? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I definitely want to, you know, get my hands more into songwriting and performing in this capacity because this is like, you know, my my number one passion. Yeah. But musical theater will always have a special place in my heart and I would love to to one day go back to that. So I know your fellow graduating class of 2020 in the popular music program is very close. In your words, how are they special? One thing about my class is I I think that there, there was really never any drama. And even if there was small which is hard, drama. Which is hard to do when the group is so close together, right? So close. <laughs> I mean, obviously there were some like random yeah. random tips and stuff. But, right. but for the most part, we always, I mean, I think that we always just respected each other and wanted what was best for each other. And we're always very supportive of everyone's music and their, you know, their goals. A moment that stands out for me is, probably the sophomore pop performances Mm. just because they were so fun. I loved all the songs that I got to sing or be a part of. Everyone always killed it. I just, I just loved, I loved seeing a room full of people that really just came to hear good music. Yeah. So the track that we're going to play from you uh, on today's show is called Untangling. What can you tell me about this track? So this song I co-wrote with um, a good friend of mine named David Kidd. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, it was produced by one of Sean Holt's friends, Michael Carey. And basically what it is about is, I mean, general anxiety because as musicians, we all have it. <laughs> um, that's why we <laughs> seems, became musicians. Seems to be a universal <laughs> thread with us. Yeah. Yes. It. <laughs> um, but for me personally, I have OCD. And even though, and it's not like the cleaning kind that everyone always stereotype it as, mm. but, um, and I've dealt with it for a very long time. So I, you know, I'm very grateful that I've had a lot of therapy and ways to cope, but yeah, but so it's about OCD and I also have tick disorder, which is like, a form of Tourette. So it's, it's basically all of, all of my problems just wow. weaved into one song and about how I, fe- you know, during that I felt so trapped in my body and I felt like no matter how hard I tried to explain what I was going through, even if people were sympathetic, no one really understood and just how difficult it was. And again, I think that for me, a big part of my, you know, quote unquote brand is, uh, to raise awareness about mental illness and stuff. That's very important to me. So this track, Untangled, is this something that people can find uh, on various platforms? So this song is actually not out yet. I want to release it at some point with a video to give it the full effect. Nice. But yes, you guys are going to get a sneak peek. So before we check out Untangling, is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to or thank um, at this moment uh, as you sort of are bringing to close your academic career? I would love to thank my mom because she's always been my biggest supporter. And my grandma, who passed away last year, but I know is listening. She was my also my number one supporter. So This has been Senior Kate Gron, and now we're going to hear a recording of hers called Untangling on Joy Sounds. Thanks, Kate. Thank you, Chris.
And once again, that was senior Kate Grand. Congratulations, Kate. And that will do it for part one of our feature on the 2020 graduating class from the USC Thornton School of Music Popular Music Program. Be sure to check out part two, where we'll hear from seniors Amir Kelly, Enzo Ionello, Ashley Estes, Julian and Stefan Salas, and Haley Perkins. We'll also hear from some of the Popular Music Program faculty members, Jeffrey Allen, Lindia Johnson, Adriana Bollock, and Sean Holt. Don't miss it. For social media contact information for all the artists on today's show, please visit the Joy Sounds website at www.joysoundsmusic.com. For more information on the USC Thornton Popular Music Program, visit www.usc.edu music. This is Chris Sampson saying congratulations to all the 2020 graduates out there, and thank you for listening to Joy Sounds, music you need to know. <laughs>